The following is a fourth hand production. 15, 60, 40, 50, 80, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90, Hiya! <laughs> and on this podcast, we celebrate the iconic TV show, The Brady Bunch. As we break down the bunch one episode at a time, we take the episode, we break it down, we go out on a limb and give it a chance so it can learn and grow only to ruin our day and almost get us fired. All for your listening enjoyment. <laughs> Today's episode, we look at season two, episode six, entitled call me irresponsible you know you did that when you saw it (laughs) um if you haven't watched the episode please feel free to stop the podcast go watch it before continuing you don't have to but it might make it a hell of a lot more funny if you do the brady bunch is available to stream on hulu cbs all access and amazon prime amazon prime amazon prime do you think amazon prime is related to um um optimus Thank you. God, I ruined my own joke. <laughs> What's funny is we didn't discuss that joke beforehand, and I totally knew where you are going with it. <laughs> <laughs> when I edit that, it's going to be funnier. So, yeah. Hmm. <laughs> That's funny. Maybe. He could be. Maybe it's his cousin. Maybe. Yeah. So. That would be a, fun, that would be a cool streaming service. Do you yeah. have CBS All Access or Hulu? Nothing. I have Optimus Prime. Like, oh. <laughs> Uh, so so what's going on, Jimmy? What what you been up to? Not a whole heck of a lot. How about you? Well, back in Virginia, of course. And uh Yeah. Yeah. That's all right though. How was the drive? It's okay. I seem to make I mean, be I making mean fly because you're such a baller. <laughs> I make the drive faster every time. It's crazy. Hmm. So I figure next time I'll be able to do it in like eight hours. There you go. Pretty soon it'll be faster than flying. Mm-hmm. Because you're, you know, because you're flying. Because I'm fly. <laughs> yeah. Get it? Never mind. Yep. So I thought, Jimmy, it would be fun, since this episode is all about Greg's first job, we should talk about our first jobs. That weren't, well, not our first job in the sense that both of us worked at the same spot because we didn't. Well, that's not, that's technically not true. We both did work at the bowling alley a couple of the times here and there. But, but I'm I not think you worked that. at your first job before you worked at the bowling alley. I don't think so. I don't know. To be honest with you, I don't remember. But uh, so what was your first job? Well, you just said it at the bowling oh. alley. <laughs> Shocking. <laughs> My first was job, a- um, I worked at a bowling alley down here in Florida. That's not a sponsor, so I will not say the name. <laughs> and... Um, they used to run this deal on Saturday nights where if you had a colored head pin in certain positions, uh, then if you got a strike, you got money. And my job was to hand out the money. Yeah. I did that with you a couple nights here and there. That was kind of fun. Um, you know, so our listeners are probably going to assume Jimmy is like a big time bowler. This is a third episode in a row. You've talked about bowling. <laughs> well, not everybody bowls on Saturday morning. I don't know why this is so confusing to everybody. Like, <laughs> Yeah. 
So my first job was working at this company called Space Coast Hospital Services. And it wasn't even a real job, really. It was just like I knew like the president and because he was president? like <laughs> of the company. Oh, okay. So the president of the company was like my mentor, like assigned to me through school, through the school program. So you got women. <laughs> you got your first job because your mentor in some class got it for you. What a loser! <laughs> How did you get your job at the bowling alley, Jimmy? Well, I was in this class, and they gave me a mentor in, in the company. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> so my job was to basically pick up trash, like, around the... I worked only, like, a couple hours a day, you know, like, a few days a week for a couple yeah. of, And my job was to pick up trash around the building and along the street where the building is. So it was kind yeah. of funny, because a couple of times I'd be walking, and it looks like I'm just, like walking down the street you know <laughs> and so i've had like this one girl i knew in high school she actually pulled over and was like do you need a ride <laughs> i was like no I'm, I'm actually working she's like oh okay all right <laughs> they didn't give you a reflective vest or anything no i had like a what? stick i had a stick and a trash bag so whenever I would see trash, I'd go, aha, and stab it. <laughs> and Kara pulls and up. She's like, I did that on stage once, but not for real. Inside joke, people, sorry. Yeah, inside joke, sorry. <laughs> so, yeah, so that was my first, like, bullshit job. But my first real job, real, real job was working at Taco Bell. So Right on. My first real job was working at Walgreens. Yeah, you are Boom. a Walgreens fanatic. Yeah. I'm not even going to try it tonight. Yeah, I am. I, is it not normal for like you to be on first name basis with the cashiers at Walgreens? And to be like I mean, Facebook I, friends with them and stuff? I've been like that with other kinds of places, but it's been a while. But yeah, I mean, that's yeah, cool. Whatever. And know. to go to the gym with them and text them. That's not weird, is it? Well, are you sitting outside their houses and trees? That's where it gets to be a problem. No, no, not that bad. But I mean, like, okay, you know, I've texted a few of them when we've gone to the gym before. We've hung out outside of work before. Like, <laughs> yeah. they know me when I walk in. Hey, Jimmy, how's it going? You know, that kind of thing. Because you go in there like every single day. Yeah, about that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like All you right. don't. Okay. <laughs> no. Well, you're like that with Papa John's. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's kind of degrading. No, it ain't. They got good pizza. <laughs> well, I mean, Walgreens frozen pizza is pretty good, but it's not as good as Papa John's. <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> All but right. anywho. So, I guess we'll go ahead and take our first break. All right. And uh, when we come back, we're going to get into this. So, uh, okay. we'll be back. What up, fart knockers? Aries, stop insulting people. These are potential listeners. Yeah, I'm so sure. Happy horror coffee break, old time horror radio show. 
We take the best and worst <laughs> creepypasta stories online, and our finest of quality reenactors perform them for you in the style of old-timey horror radio dramas. Everyone knows it's just you disguising your voice poorly. No, it's not. Besides, we have an abundance of great guests. There's music and t-shirts. And a bunch of dick and fart jokes. You're not wrong. <laughs> Catch us on all the major podcasts, thingamawoppers. We're on Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Schlapstick, Hard Knockers, and the rest. Idiot. Tune in every other Friday. There's a new episode. Or just stick your head in an oven. Same difference. Aries. <laughs> we need to have a little chat. <laughs> Toodles! The fourth hand joint. And we are back. Okay. We have the Brady Bunch, season two, episode six, entitled Call Me Irresponsible. Hmm. This fa- the facts about this episode, it aired on October 30th, 1970, the day before Valentine's Day. Interesting. Nope, that's not right. It's not right? What do you mean? <laughs> it's the day before Halloween. Oh, that's what I meant. What did I say? Valentine's Day? <laughs> yeah. To some people, it's Valentine's Day. <laughs> I guess you, yeah, I guess you're right. You're right. <laughs> and uh, we, we've last week, we predicted this would be a Halloween episode. It's not. No, that's weird. Um, this show was written by Sherwood Shorts and Bruce Howard. Although, if you go into other websites, it only lists Bruce Howard as the writer. Well, that's true, because like every single episode in IMDb says Sherwood Schwartz and yeah. somebody else. So, I always just put Bruce Howard, you know. Okay, Sherwood that makes Schwartz. sense. Probably just puts his name on it, just because he can. And it was directed by Hal Cooper. Hmm, good old Hal. According to IMDb, some interesting facts. A similar mm-hmm. plot theme is used when the Bradys go to Cincinnati. I didn't know they went to Cincinnati, but that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> And at the end of the episode, when Greg exits out the front door for his date, the soundstage can be seen through the open door. I didn't look. I forgot to look because I did read that you can before see I watched. Equipment sitting around. Like you can see some kind of bar thing yeah. hanging down. It looks like some kind of camera rig or something like that. Hmm. And then you can see the set from the backyard off in the distance. Oh, wow. <clears throat> so um, it's kind of funny. So the Cincinnati episode they're referring to is the one where. They had to get a another cylinder with schematics in it or whatever to a certain place quickly, and the whole family was involved this time. It was like a relay race, and they had hmm. to get it. Actually, they were hanging out at some like theme park, and by the time they they t- when Mike took it for his big meeting, it was the wrong thing on the inside. Instead, it was a poster Jan had bought of Yogi Bear. And nice. so he pulls it out and he's like, oh shit. And then, mm-hmm. so all the kids have to race and bring the other real cylinder to his meeting and it's that kind of thing. Was his meeting at WKRP? <laughs> I'm just I thought the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Scene one. <sighs> we open to see Greg coming down the stairs looking nervous. He enters Mike's den where we see Mike sitting and working. Dad, am I disturbing you? <laughs> That's pretty good, right? He asks, I'm oh, sorry. Wow, really? 
Dynamite destroys WES. But Mike says he can rest. Greg has something he wants to talk about with Mike, but Greg says he thinks mom needs to hear it too. So Mike gets up, calls for Carol into the room. Um, when asked to sit, Greg says he doesn't want to because this is, quote unquote, or this, quote unquote, could be the most important thing I've ever had to say. I thought for sure he was coming out. Like, that's how it's set up. I thought he was pregnant. Oh, yeah, that's a good one, too. Yeah, yeah. So, but so I, I, we end up being wrong. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, I, I was looking at Mike when he was, like, at the t- at his little drafting table. Yeah, yeah. And it looks like they have... Well, I don't really know. I'm not an architect, but it looks like they have all the correct like tools and everything. And and Mike looks mm-hmm. like he knows what he's doing. And then when he's like, "Okay, I could take a little break," and he puts his little things back in this little case and sets it mm-hmm. off to the side. I just it just looked like like I think they did their research pretty well. I, I if would he's imagine. a classically trained actor, he probably went through the trouble of asking for all that. But one thing that surprised awesome. me on the same note was. They had mechanical pencils back then? Because if you watch him, he Mm -hmm. depresses the eraser, pushes the lead back Mm -hmm. in, and then puts it in the case. Hmm. Now, Mm -hmm. I have a pencil that I use that's a drafting pencil. That's what I use for work because it's 0.9 millimeter and it doesn't break as easily. But it's it's an actual drafting pencil. So I know drafters use them, but I didn't know they had them this early in the 70s. Yeah, it's kind of neat too. Looking at every time I see his drafting table when he has like the T square out and he's got like all these pencils, that looks just like my mom when she was working like when, as like mm. a graphics artist like back in yeah, the yeah. day, or even doing like when she was in the Air Force when she was doing like weather. It's very similar type stuff like maps, charts with like yeah, yeah. T squares and lines, and so it just reminds yeah. me it reminds me a lot of my mom's work hmm. table and stuff. Um, Interesting. Another thing I noticed too is that in this scene, it looks like they just try to match everything. So, like, <laughs> like for instance, Mike's shirt was the exact same color as his eyes, like the same blue. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Greg's shirt like matched perfectly, you know, with the shades behind him on the wall and the door right. coming into the den. And then once Carol comes in, she's wearing this paisley dress <laughs> that matches. Like she was pretty much camouflage on this couch. Yeah, I noticed that too. Yeah, yeah. I noticed particularly. I noticed Greg's eyes against the shirt. Like I, I guess I didn't realize that Greg had green eyes until he wore that shirt. I was like, holy crap! Uh, I know Mike. It almost like looked photoshopped. It almost looked like it was like the colors were cranked up. I don't know, same with Mike. Mike's eye, blue eyes are like super blue. Well, he's dreamy yeah. anyways, but yeah. Um, <clears throat> scene two. We are now in the living room on the other side of the divider to Mike's office. Sorry, Mike's den. Mike and Carol are sitting and Greg is standing pacing. It turns out that Greg has started thinking about his own future because he's not getting any younger, as he says. <laughs> Mike agrees and says that it's good thinking but doesn't see the problem. Turns out that Greg is thinking about saving up for, quote-unquote, a big thing in a guy's life. (laughs) Mike pressures Greg to tell him what it is. Finally, Greg admits that it's a car. Carol (laughs) freaks the fuck out for some reason. (laughs) How dare her son, that's not really her own son, want to drive a car like every other kid and that she herself drives. I thought that was kind of messed up. Like... (laughs) she's like what no son of mine like it's anyways um saying that she was nervous enough when he got a bike 
<laughs> and right there too it's like the look on Greg's face when she said that like I was worried enough when you got a bicycle like Greg had a look on his face the like are you fucking was perfect. kidding me yeah it was like, he was smiling fuck. at first and he's like wait a minute like like what the fuck? Like, but, but like, you, uh, like when she said that, the first thing I thought was, well, wait a minute, this poor kid didn't have a bike until he was thirteen. <laughs> I guess not. Well, I, yeah. Like, I mean, the if fuck, you do like, the math, afford a bike, you know. God, <laughs> that poor kid couldn't ride. He'd learn how to ride a bike when he was thirteen. That's basically what she just said. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> huh. Anyways, Mike commands Carol. <laughs> to calm down and asks Greg <laughs> he does he's now like now, calm down that now. <laughs> <clears throat> and asks Greg I'm sure you've thought about how you're going to pay for it Greg continues that he thought about it and that's why he was thinking about his future and that's why he wants to start working part time after school something that will help him in what he wants to do when he grows up an architect <clears throat> And immediately asks when he can start working where he wants to work, being his dad's office. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's kind of funny in this scene because he's really like pushing the whole architect thing. He's like, you know, something that I really want to do when I grow up. <laughs> and you see Mike like, what do you mean? Like something that will help me in the future and something that's, you know, a really outstanding, you know, thing to work at whatever like occupation or whatever and when he says architect you tell mike's like oh shit like you know, i'm a fucking man you know that kind of thing <clears throat> and it's kind of funny because he, i kind of got the feeling that greg really only wants this job for the the money for the car that's really all he cares about that's well, literally that's all he wants obvious that's the only yeah. reason why he wants a job but <laughs> i don't think he has any interest in becoming an architect because no mean, that's what i mean time yeah. He ever shows that interest. I just think he sees it as, oh, I could probably work with my dad, get a job like that, you know? Yeah. And But I'll tell him, like, oh, I've always wanted to be an architect. What do you mean? You know? That's like my daughter has been telling me she's been wanting to be a marine biologist since she was, like, a small kid. I was like, I've never seen you show any interest in marine biology ever. There's all these documentaries that I've never seen you watch. <laughs> like, it's yeah. just kind of funny. I know a couple of people at work that have marine biology degrees. Yeah. And it's one of those degrees where you literally can't do anything with it. <laughs> like unless you can you, work at SeaWorld. <laughs> not anymore. They're phasing out all the marine stuff. Hmm. So there's literally nothing you can do with it unless you're going to work at a pet store or something. Um, <laughs> my grandfather clock's going off. That's awesome. I know um, you hear it a lot, like in the <laughs> past episodes. Like funny. it's kind of funny because last time I guess we ended on an hour because <laughs> right, we were right. like because it went boom, boom. I'm like well that's the end of our episode. <laughs> oh <laughs> nice, right on. <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> okay, going back into this. Yep. Greg argues that by working at his dad' architectural firm, um, that he would learn a lot about architecture. You know, that's also an advantage, you know, of him working there. And, of course, Carol's mm -hmm. like, I agree. That's an awesome idea. You know, because mm -hmm. she's not Mike. She don't have to watch after him. Her job's not on the line. Whatever. <laughs> so soon, Mike agrees, too, reluctantly, and says that he'll talk to his boss. Greg is super thankful and says he can't wait to tell Randy, which scared me at first, but it turns out to be a girl at work. I guess it didn't <laughs> scare me. It just surprised me. A girl at work, did I really say at work? A girl at school <laughs> that he's <laughs> that he's uh, taking to a drive-in as soon as he can drive into one. So. Yeah, I mean, 
when I heard Randy, I was thinking, oh, he is Buddy, you know. And they yeah. said, no, it's a girl, which I thought, oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, I not once ever thought, oh, it's his gay lover. Like, that thought never even yeah, occurred to me in any way. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I wasn't sure how progressive the Brady Bunch was. I don't know. Hmm. Um, we now, uh, sorry, season three, uh, season, God, <laughs> scene three. <laughs> we now see Greg and a girl, which they never say the name of the girl in this scene. We can assume it's Randy, but they don't say. So <laughs> right. I'm just going to say, say a girl. We now see Greg and a girl reading a car magazine at a newsstand. Greg is showing her what kind of car he wants to get. The newsstand employee comes up asking if Greg is going to buy the magazine. Yeah. I, I, I got curious because the guy at the newsstand looked familiar to me. <laughs> okay. Holy shit, this guy's been on everything. Like every, I mean, if you name a show that happened before 1970, he was probably on it. Like everything from, you know, Little House on the Prairie to, I'm I mean, guessing every, he was Andy on all Griffith. kinds of shit. Oh, he was on all kinds of stuff. He's been on everything. He he had like 350-something things that he was in, like from starting from the 40s all the way up to the 70s. It was incredible. So he's just like a pretty common character actor. Oh, God, yeah. That was day. crazy. Well, that was um, really big back then, too, Like especially on certain networks. Like if network had their own character actors, they used all of them. Like, oh, yeah, Especially yeah. watching Andy Griffith, man. There are so many people on Andy Griffith. It's really I mean, we're ridiculous. talking like, like Barney Miller... Um, Adam 12, like, I mean, it was crazy the kind of shit he was on. Mm -hmm. But anyways, going back into this, um, he asks Greg if he's going to buy the magazine. Greg, who's trying to impress this no-name girl that he's with, says he'll pick it up tomorrow after he gets off work. He's trying to, like, <laughs> play it cool. Assuming mm -hmm. he gets the architectural job. She thinks architects are out of sight. <laughs> <laughs> When which he was I remember, right there in front of him, like when we were fourteen and fifteen, like I remember me and you sitting around talking, like, dude, architects are badass. Like we talked about that shit all the time. All the um, time. As far as being out of sight, she might be right because I don't know if I've ever seen an architect before. Well, she probably couldn't see any from where she was standing, so that's true. Maybe she needs glasses. Mm. Um, but she thinks architects are out of sight and asks <laughs> what he's going to build first. He, me, and Greg. Greg says something important and big. Maybe the pyramids, and then they walk off. Yeah. So I'm going to build something that's already been built. Exactly, yeah. So I thought this was interesting. This is the first time we've seen, like, outside in the streets with, like, extras, and it yeah, just yeah, was yeah. an interesting shot. And uh, it was kind of funny, like, he had to go through, like, and go to a newspaper stand to buy this mm -hmm. car. Remember doing this kind of stuff? Like, they had, like, the penny trader or whatever but that was usually free like to look up cars to buy and stuff like that he now was like a little joe dirt there <laughs> he was <laughs> <That's> <laughs> i forgot fine. about that yeah exactly <laughs> this is the kind of stuff you had to do before the internet kids yeah he's like what <laughs> um, okay scene four we now see Greg meeting Carol and Mike in the living room. After greeting his parents, Greg anxiously asks, well, Mike says he discussed it with Mr. Phillips and the guys in personnel, and he starts tomorrow after school. Woohoo! Woo so Greg exclaims, I do, terrific. Carol reminds Greg, because she's a party pooper, that he promised <laughs> if his grades start to suffer because of this, Greg immediately interrupts her and says, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so he assures her uh, that they won't and asks Mike what the first thing they're going to build together is. Greg thinks that he'll be Mike's assistant, but Mike breaks the news to him and says that he'll be cleaning up the office. When Mm -hmm. Greg looks disappointed, Carol reasons with Greg, telling him that he can't expect to start at the top. But Greg says, yeah, but I might as well be a shitty maid. And then they all laugh. (laughs) No, they don't. (laughs) With Alice standing there sweeping, going, she goes, and you even see her mouth, she goes, what the fuck? (laughs) That's messed up. They didn't didn't really say that. Um, (laughs) That's really the bottom. What's that? Your next line, sorry. Oh, I don't know if it was real or not. (laughs) No, no. Greg says, um, (laughs) that's really bottom. That's, that's, oh yeah. Greg says, um, uh, cleaning up, that's really the bottom. Oh no, no, I'm sorry. Uh, Carol says, uh, well you can't accept to start at the top. And he says, yeah, but that's really the bottom. Mike then cuts in telling Greg that he'll be making deliveries on his bicycle and that carries with it a great deal of responsibility. Greg gets excited. Mike tells him he can start delivery deliveries by delivering his briefcase to the den. Greg smiles and leaves. <clears throat> Mike proudly says he wants to be like his old man. Carol says, yeah, cleaning up the office. Damn. And then she drops the mic. <laughs> no, there's no mic. Did she oh, pick a mic. Mike up? There is a drop of mic. Yeah. <laughs> she picks him up and so, drops him. So <clears throat> Mike says... With great bicycle comes great responsibility. Mm-hmm. So this is where it all started. It all originated from right here. It is, yeah. Yeah. Scene five. We now see Greg sitting in the family room, or the anti-Alice room, talking on the, <laughs> fo- <laughs> talking on the phone to Randy. He is telling her that he starts work tomorrow and that the car is getting closer by the minute, and then he finishes the call and hangs up. That's a slow car. Yeah, right? Just then, Bobby, Jan, and Peter come in asking if he's done because they want to watch TV. Which, I mean, that's that's pretty nice for kids that young. Like, we didn't want to interrupt you while you were on the phone. (laughs) I mean, I thought I was kind of surprised when they came and saying that. Um, Greg then begins pitching them a deal. If they save up their allowance and put it towards the car, they'll be part owners. The kids ask why they'd want to do that. Greg says, well, you want to ride in it, don't you? Well, cars take gas. When the kids agree to buy the gas, Greg tells them that they won't be a partner in the car and they won't have the pride of ownership. When Bobby reminds him they'd own the gas, Greg reluctantly (laughs) agrees to 25 cents a ride. When Greg holds out his hand for money, they all slap his hand one by one. Is that what that was? I thought it was just like, hey, everyone in. That's what I thought that no, was. No, he was holding out his hand for money, and they're like, ha, huh, and they like gave him five and stopped his oh, hand. I mean, yeah, I yeah. guess I missed that joke. I'm sorry, I missed that whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> so You were probably writing notes. <laughs> probably. <laughs> so did you notice the miniature horse statue that was on the table? Right I did, yeah, yeah, I did phone? notice that. I mean, it's not an exact copy, but it's pretty close. Like, I it, didn't realize they, they had horses? a second Why one? do they like horses so much? Mm-hmm. Hmm. It's kind of neat. So... Did you see the car he was pointing out? Like, I paused it and was looking. Like, was that a Dodge Challenger? No, it was a 1970 uh, Mustang Mach 1. Mustang Mach 1. Let me look mm-hmm. this up. Because I was searching. I was like, maybe it's a Chevelle. And I looked up Chevelle. I'm like, no, that's not right. Um, so I thought it was like a 1970 Dodge Challenger. 
which oh so it's a 1970 mustang mach one yep that is correct yeah now that i'm looking at the picture of it you're right it does because i knew that the 1970 dos challenger didn't quite look right it was close but it didn't yeah, quite it look right so we go to now a lot that of I'm car looking, shows yeah now that i'm looking at that do you know what a 1970 mustang mach one list price was back in 1970 i'm guessing like six grand Nope. The actual retail price is $3,271. Now, mm. I don't know if that's like the special ones. Like that, I don't know if it's a base model. I don't know. But do you know what the conversion is for 2020 money? Um, I guess $33,500. No. $21,614. Oh. So I'm guessing... Uh, it's probably like bad. a base model, probably. But it, well, to give you some fun, interesting facts, when I was looking up the Dodge Challenger, <laughs> so I looked up, I don't remember the numbers now because I erased them, but the original list price for 1970 for a like an RT with Hemi and all that, um, mm-hmm. when you convert the money to 2020, it was almost exactly the same. Which is kind of mean? interesting, meaning like I think 1970 brand new was like 4900 or oh, something I see like what that. You're okay. So and then when you look at a brand new um, oh. 2020 Dodge Challenger with Hemi and all that, the conversion was almost exactly the same. It was like 34,000 something. And I was like, holy shit, it's like the same price. So they've it's basically kind of kept the same price. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, that was kind of but we're looking at a Mustang Mach 1, so. Right, right. right. Yeah. And uh, he wants to get a 1970, but in like 1972, so, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. This is 72? So, so it'll be a little, no, this is 1970 right now. Oh, but um, he's looking at model year 72. But he's looking at the new ones, remember he pointed yeah. out, but I'm not going to get it for a couple of years, so by the time I get it, it'll be a couple of years old, so. Yeah, it makes sense. But he's still looking to probably raise like fifteen grand. Probably, I mean, if it was 2020 mm-hmm. money, you know. Yeah, yeah. And how are you going to do that working part time for your dad? You know, you're not. There's no way. I mean, you might be able to get a job making fifteen grand a year, but you'd have to literally save your entire salary all year and your birthday right. money and your Christmas money, which you can as a kid. Right. You know. Yeah, yeah. So it's possible. It's know. doable. Um, I guess so. If he's saving up for the next two years, yeah, I guess he could. Yeah. All right, going on to scene six. All we right. now see the inside of Mike's office. Not his den, but his actual office. Well, correction, well, we've seen the inside of the office already. Yes. Yeah, but we see him working in his office, I guess you'd say. Yeah, we actually see Mike in his office for the first time. What would be we've interesting would be... Before. It'd be interesting to go back and see if it's the same set. I thought about that too, and I was yeah. looking at it. I was like, "Is that the same set?" I, c- I couldn't really I don't tell. Think it's the same because I didn't see the typewriter. Right, and uh, I think the typewriter. I think it was actually. I just think the desk was in a different spot. Remember, it yeah, was yeah, like yeah. facing more towards us, almost like kind of the the well, door to come in was to office. the right. What? In the, in the last one, I didn't think he had his own office. I think I thought his desk was in a room with other desks. No, I don't think so. No. Homeboy's got a big office. Anyways, yeah. we see Greg emptying a garbage can and wiping it out with a rag. Mike <laughs> reminds him that they just empty the can. They don't polish them. Greg <laughs> acknowledges him and walks out carrying a box. 
as he leaves, Mike's boss, Mr. Phillips, walks in. He ends up now that Mr. Phillips ends up being a reoccurring role on the Brady Bunch. Does he? Yeah. He's also a traitor, by the way. What? He ends up being a reoccurring role in the Brady Bunch. He comes back in other episodes. Yeah. But he's also a traitor because he spent four years on the Partridge family, which is pretty messed up. Uh, so he's I a did, traitor. I didn't, so. wasn't aware that he was. <laughs> yeah. So as he walks in, he compliments Greg, telling Mike, or he, he's talking to Mike, but he compliments Greg, saying um, that he's a nice boy and that he cleans a mean wastebasket. <laughs> and then tells Mike um, that his revised designs are excellent. And just to make sure, he makes duplicates and to put a rush on it. Mike then calls Greg into the office and asks him to run to the printer. Mike smiles proudly as Greg leaves. <laughs> so. Yep. Seems pretty smart. Uh, pretty smart for his boss to be like, make sure you make copies. Exactly. Before yeah. you send it over. Duplicates. Yes. Just in <laughs> make case sure your you son's a fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Is Greg... He does good on a he doesn't mean wastebasket, but uh delivering yeah, exactly. he might be a fuck up. So. But he ain't the smartest kid in the world. Or do you want to be a baseball player? Anyways. We now <laughs> see scene seven. We now see Greg riding up on his bike to the newsstand with blueprints in his hand. Well, they're in a tube in his hand. He hmm. asks the newsstand attendant if they got the new copy of the car magazine. He tells Greg the new rule is it costs the same to look at it as it does to buy it, fifty cents. <laughs> Greg agrees and buys it, telling him um, that he now has a job. And he's looking at the magazine. As he's looking at the magazine, the blueprints slip out of the back of the tube and onto the street. Greg doesn't notice as people start to step on him. Right. People are stepping all over these things. It's a yeah. rolled up. It looks like important documents, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. and people don't see like they're stepping on rolled up pieces, like a yeah. huge sheet Sheets and of like paper the, the newsstand attendant doesn't notice this thing dropping out on the ground. It's a big, giant piece of paper. Right. And, the newsstand attendant's not like, whoa, whoa, hold on, you just dropped something. Like, yeah, from the shot that we saw of it on the ground, there must have been six people that stepped right on it. Like, there's well, I mean, no way. But I'm sitting there thinking, if my job was to watch a newsstand that had, I don't know, various things printed on paper, yeah. and, I, and a piece of paper dropped on the ground, I would think that that would grab my attention. You know what I mean? Right, because it might be like something off your cart, off yeah, your kiosk exactly. or something like that. Yeah. So I was kind of surprised that nobody noticed, but... Um, yeah, that's, that was weird. Then again, they have AstroTurf as grass, so whatever. <laughs> so, this is where we take our next break. Mm -hmm. And I know you're anxious to hear what happens, Tech, but you're just going to have to <laughs> deal with it. This is me on the edge of my seat. Exactly. So Greg has gotten a job being Alice, and worse yet, he lost the blueprints Mike gave him, and he doesn't even realize it. Will hmm. he find them in time? We will see. We'll be back. See. Welcome to Hysteria 51, a weekly oddcast of mysteries, conspiracies, the unusual, and the unexplained. Do we have a laser thermometer to figure out if Admiral Byrd is here? I'm pointing the laser at the wall now. 71.1, 71.2, Admiral Byrd is here. With John, Brent, and Conspiracy Bot. You're all idiots. 
Yeah. Join them each week as they clarify conspiracies. I'm a Stuart Swerdlow. I promise I am human and I do human things. <laughs> Explore enigmas. It's all about ley lines and you'd understand that if I could explain it to you. And probe the paranormal. Hysteria 51 is a hilarious expedition into the eccentric. Stop on my joke. I Thank will when you. they're good. Tune in each week and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And remember, the truth is out there, but you won't find it here. Stay woke, meet sex. And we are back. We back. That was a good break. That was a good break. It was a good break. I, I know. Yeah. I want to listen to those podcasts. <laughs> right? The one we just heard. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 was, I, I was glued to my seat listening to that. Where so, could you find that podcast? Perhaps anywhere podcasts are sold. Or part or of downloaded. the Fourth Hand Podcast Network. That's right. <laughs> I was going to say that next. <laughs> All right, Jimmy, so now it is time for a trivia. Cool. All right, it is trivia time. Cool. I am your host. My name is Tack Van Sickle, and my contestant today is Jaime, how do you say it, Jimmy Klein. Yep. Where are you from, Jimmy? Central Florida. Central Florida. I've been there. Are you ready to answer five questions about the Brady Bunch? Maybe not correctly, but sure. <laughs> All right. So most of these have to do with this particular episode, but the last most one does not. Oh, okay. All right. Question one. Ooh. I hope you paid attention. I hope I did. What comic book was not on the shelves at the newspaper stand. Now, you got to listen to my A, B, C, or D. Okay. Remember, which one was not on the shelf? Okay. A, Tall Tales. B, Western Range Stories. C, The Bat Lady. Or D, Monsters and Mayhem. I'm going to say Monsters and Mayhem. Is that your final answer? Yep. That is correct. Boom. Monsters of Mayhem. Because I was laughing at Bat Lady, because Bat Boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, I had it paused, and I was looking at all the comics there. And yeah, so I, I did was the like, same thing. <laughs> and so I saw Tall Tales. I saw the Western Range stories. was really hard to see, but mm-hmm. I finally got it through. And uh, I tried to look all these up, and I don't think any of these comics are real. None no, they're not. And... Uh, but they look so good, though. They look like really good props, like especially Bat Lady. was drawn really well. and I bet if you know. went to some of the prop rooms in the back lot, I bet you could find those. Probably. I'm sure. You know how valuable those things would be? Probably not worth anything except people like me and you. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So question two. Two, two, two. At what corner was the location of the delivery address Greg was sent to? I can't remember. Is it A? No. Is it A, 4th and 9th? B, 12th and Sunset? 
C, 1st and Main, or D, 27th and Vine? I think the second one, 12th and Sunset. 12th and Sunset? Yeah. That is correct. Boom. <laughs> You're killing it. A lot better than last time. Hell yeah. So this kind of confirms Los Angeles, right? Sunset? I would think so. Yeah. Although I looked it up and there, I don't think there is an intersection of Sunset and 12th. So, <laughs> All right. Question three. 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 What was the name of the girl Greg was courting? Is it A, Danny, B, Mandy, C, Candy, or D, Randy? Randy. Like is that candy. your answer? Yeah. yeah. That is correct. Boom. <laughs> so far, you have three points. Perfect score. Oh, shit. Question number four. Four, four. Which Brady, I don't know if you noticed this, did mm-hmm. not appear in this episode. Cindy. Is it A, Cindy? B, <laughs> Bobby? C, Jan? Or D, Peter? I would say Cindy. That is correct. Boom. Five, four for four. All right. Now, there are no multiple choices on this last question. There's two answers I will accept, and I'll tell you after I ask the question. Okay. Question five. Where is the shooting location for the Brady Bunch? Now, I will accept this name of the studio or the address. If you can name both, then you just rock the house. (laughs) (laughs) I would say, um, I would say the Paramount Backlot. So, Paramount Studios is what you're saying? That's what I'm thinking, yeah. Do you know the address? No, I don't. Care to wager a guess? <laughs> um, <clears throat> no, I have no idea. Well, the address is 5555 Melrose Avenue, oh, Los nice. Angeles, California, and is was filmed at Paramount Studios. Oh, shit. You got a perfect score. That's crazy. <laughs> five, four, five. Congratulations, <laughs> Jimmy Klein. Why, thank you. A job well done. Well, why do you think why do you think Cindy wasn't in it? I don't know because like I didn't even notice that she wasn't even there until I read that, and I was like, oh shit, yeah, she yeah. wasn't there. And uh, yeah, I, I have no idea why, but that's kind of weird. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. Maybe she had COVID nineteen. <laughs> Maybe. Well, this is really old, so it would have been like COVID-5, like right? <laughs> COVID-70. <laughs> That's funny. <clears throat> yeah, interesting. I that was, yeah, I thought that was interesting. Um, yeah. But then again, what would, she, what would she have been in? What do you mean? I mean, like, what would she have had to do? Like, there's no scenes that really required her. Well, I'm sure they would have just thrown her in there, you know, with along with, like, Bobby doing some, I don't know. Maybe one of the kids, too, that also wants to give a quarter for gas. You know, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. They could have had Jan and Cindy come in instead of Bobby and Peter. Yeah. That would have made more sense. More sense of him trying to pull one over on the girls and the guys. I don't know. That matters. That's true. 
Hmm. They would have found a spot for her. I'm sure the original script had a spot for her, but then she's yeah, yeah. like, I can't. I have to get my tooth fixed or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. I have to learn how to read and be potty trained because I'm eight, but I act like I'm two. <laughs> well, at least she can take a bath by herself. Unlike Bobby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> It's funny. I really need Greg to help me bathe tonight. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm, you don't guys don't understand. I really, really need him to help me bathe. And he looks at Greg and winks. Wink, wink. <laughs> <laughs> Greg That's, is just like needed everywhere. And we're going to talk yeah. about a scene coming up where... <laughs> <laughs> yes. Where Greg uh, shows that he's matured. <laughs> <laughs> or at least in his own head he has. <laughs> you know, in his own head when he's alone. So, Greg's all super excited about buying his first car, which isn't going to happen in this episode, but nope. he's still thinking about it. I remember being that age and going, you know what, I would love to get this kind of car, get that kind of car. And, of course, I think for me, I was like wanting to get a DeLorean or so badly. <laughs> I still want a DeLorean, yeah. but... You know, I remember looking at the realistic cars and going, Ooh, what kind of car is that? Do you remember your first car that you got? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, I think we both do. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. my, my uh, Well, actually, my very first car, if you want to get technical, was a 1984 Chevette. If you really want to get technical about it. But was that I your never grandmother's car? No, it was my brother's car, but he didn't want it anymore. He needed a water pump, and he couldn't afford it. He's like, you want it? I'm like, sure. So he just hands it to me. Then he ends up selling it, and somehow I don't get the money, but whatever. Anyways, um, <laughs> but the first car I got that I could actually drive was a 74 AMC Hornet in chalkboard green. <laughs> the green Hornet. Hell yeah. I still, to now, this day, I still miss that car. <laughs> Let's talk about how... Reverse didn't work. So yes. The vacuum modulator went out. So you had to, like, open the door and just use your foot to push the car back. No, which, you did. <laughs> I was driving. Didn't you, have to, didn't you have to, like, hotwire the car or something like that? <laughs> no, it was weird. When, the, when I put the key in, it wouldn't start it. And so, like, I was trying, I was messing with it one day to try to figure out if something was stuck in it or whatever. So I had the key yeah. out of the ignition, and I noticed that it would turn without the key in it. So it was like yeah, opposite. Yeah, like if you, right. if you put the key in and tried to start it, it wouldn't start. But if you didn't have the key in it, it would start. Fine. Yeah, yeah. I remember you didn't have to have the key in it to start it. <laughs> Do you remember that time when we were at school? <laughs> <laughs> and you were... <laughs> we just got out of, out of school. I think this is up in Illinois, I think. And, we <laughs> and we're in the car getting ready to leave. Well, and I like didn't have the Hornet in, in Illinois. No? Okay. Well, no. it must have been Rockler's. So, we're in the car and get ready to leave and after school, so there's like kids everywhere. And you got like, you're messing with like the speaker wires underneath the dashboard. <laughs> and then one dude comes by and he's like, you got to hotwire your shit? <laughs> and Jimmy's like, and you're like, no. And he's like, and he's like, this motherfucker got a hotwire shit. <laughs> That was, that was in Illinois, yeah, I remember that. That was so funny. Yeah, that was in Illinois. That was my Mercury Capri, yeah. Oh, what? oh, that's right, yeah, it was Mercury Capri. Because I installed the stereo, I didn't know what the fuck I was doing, so the sound went out of the stereo. <laughs> yeah. What about you? What was your first car? Your first car. Uh, 
Yeah, well, you could say technically it was the 68 Volkswagen Beetle, but I can't share that with my mom. That's why I was pressing your first car. Yeah, yeah. So my first car was a 1995 Hyundai Accent. Yes. (laughs) I was in the military, first vehicle I ever bought. This was like, I mean, it was brand new, but like... It was like very base model. Like I don't even think it had air well, conditioning. That's an it didn't have a no. It didn't have air conditioning. It didn't have a stereo in it. It was completely what? blank. Um, you know, I had to roll the windows down by hand, but that wasn't that unheard of back then. Um, <laughs> no power, anything, and uh, yeah. <laughs> I remember when <laughs> you had gotten a Volkswagen Jetta, right? Or no, no a Volkswagen it was a Golf. 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 Yeah, Golf 3. And you yeah. come running inside, you're like, dude, when I put the key in, I leave the door open, it pays La Cucaracha. I'm like, oh, yeah. What? <laughs> and I go out there, and it didn't sound it like anything it. like it at all. Like, not even a little bit. And I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> it was, <laughs> it pretty, it was like, like ding, 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 yeah. ding, ding. And I just like, ding, 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 you know. <laughs> I was thinking to play the whole song, and I'm like all excited, like listening, and it's just the three notes. I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Uh, yeah, that's Cars pretty funny. Fun. All right, we can take a break now. Okay, all right, we will be back. Hey guys, if you love a very Brady podcast, then go online and check out the Tee Public merch store. They got everything in there. They got t-shirts, coffee mugs, uh, hoodies, stickers, magnets, uh, pillows, and there's so many different t-shirt designs to choose from, from tanks to v-necks. If you want it, they got it. So go on there, check it out, order a t-shirt today or a magnet or a sticker. If not for yourself, get one for that Brady Bunch fan in your life. And guys, let me tell you, I ordered a couple of t-shirts to come in so I can check out the quality myself. And I got to tell you, I'm quite impressed. And I'm a bit of a t-shirt snob. It's got to be just right, the right thinness of material. Pretty similar to like like t-shirts that you get like at Target. Very thin, very comfortable material. These guys over at Public definitely know what they're doing. And you want to talk about t-shirt colors? Of course, I only wear black all the time because it's slimming. But you can get pretty much any color under the sun. So go online to the Public merch store. The link is in the description of this episode. And always remember, have a sunshine day. We are back. All right. Let's get, let's get back into this. When we left off, Greg had gotten a job with his dad at the office, but mm-hmm. he has lost super important blueprints he was supposed to make copies of. Well, correction, he was supposed to go get copies made of. Yeah. Will he realize them that in time? Let's find out. I don't know. Let's see. Scene eight. We see Carol in the kitchen arranging flowers as Mike comes up, comes walking up from the living room. He sneaks up and kisses her neck, asking, guess who? (laughs) Carol, being the 100% devoted housewife she is, responds with, who cares? Do it again. Mm -hmm. That just struck Mm -hmm. me as, wow, what a whore. All right. Well, what struck me more is that, like, 
she had no clue who was coming up on her, right? Right. So, like, she was like, uh, I expected her to be like, how Alice, you know, or, you know, or like, Jesus. Oh, God, I just knocked yeah, on Michael. Yeah. <laughs> or, or, it'd Jesus. be funny if she thought it was a spider. She turned to a ninja all of a sudden. That'd be funny. <sighs> but anyways, it just struck me. How she's like, who cares? Do it again. Really? Mm-hmm. Like, that's, I mean, even joking, that's kind of a fucked up thing to say. Anyways, um, <laughs> she, <laughs> she then asks where the other half of the Bradian's son is. Mike seems surprised that Greg isn't home yet. When Carol confirms he's not, Mike explains that Greg was supposed to deliver designs and come straight home. Carol mm-hmm. reasons that Greg probably ran into a buddy or something as Greg walks in through the front door. Greg looks nervous as he says hi. Mike is quiet and finally asks, you delivered those designs, right? Greg mm-hmm. begins explaining that when he got to the when he got there, the designs were gone from the tube. Mm. Mike, getting mad, loudly at, loudly asks, "Gone?" Which he you can tell mm. is pissed. Greg reasons mm-hmm. that they must have fallen out someplace when he wasn't looking. Carol says, well, "You didn't stop anywhere along the way, did you?" Greg first says no before admitting mm. that he did stop at the newsstand. Mike mm. then notices the magazine Greg is holding in his hand, and states. You didn't lose this, though, did you? Damn. Damn. Mike's all, that's you didn't lose harsh. this, though, did you? Right? It's like, funny, like, you didn't awesome. lose that damn magazine. Hmm. <laughs> Greg apologizes to Mike. Mike only replies, so am I, Greg. Now, you see that dramatic mm. pause shit I did? That's pretty good. Mm. Um, <laughs> and Mike begins to walk away as he says, I better go call Mr. Phillips as he exits. Mm-hmm. Greg is beside himself, puts the magazine down, and sits in the chair. Carol tries to comfort him, but Greg begins telling Carol that he tried to go back to the newsstand, but somebody must have picked it up. Carol tells Greg that anyone can make an accident. Could, could have had an accident. <laughs> that sounded like he crapped his pants. <laughs> <laughs> no, <I did. laughs> Anybody can make an accident, poopy pants. Um, did, you, did you make an accident, Greggy? You make an accident. <laughs> Carol tells Greg that anyone could have had an accident. That still sounds like it. Carol tells Greg that anyone can make a mistake. There you go. But that this one is going to be a costly one for Mike and Mike's boss. Greg asks if she thinks he'll lose his job. Carol says she hopes not, but to keep their fingers crossed. Right. Damn. So I got something to say, Jimmy. What's that? What was confirmed in the beginning of this scene Jimmy. That Carol is a whore. The who? No, oh, that's Carol's the right a whore? answer. <laughs> yeah. Because she don't no. care who ha- who kisses her neck. That's true. So we see in the very beginning of the shot, Mike pulls up out front and parks in the oh, street. Yeah, yeah. This is why he comes in and out of the front door coming to and from work. See, I swear Boom. there's episodes where he pulls into the backyard. Boom. I'm sure he does, but sometimes he doesn't. Mm. This is confirmed. Confirmed, confirmed, confirmed. I saw this and I was like, oh my God. Like, I was so excited to see this. Nice. I was like, this is they it. Probably had a, they probably had a bunch of people call in and bitch. <laughs> and they're like, this is fucked up. You need to resolve this. And they said, well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. What if he parks up front? See, that's what they did. They did that shit. 
Mm-hmm. They just sent some like uh, fucking some second string director with like mm-hmm. some intern like go out there and get a shot of the fucking exactly. car pulling out front and parking. <laughs> Boom. Yep. Scene nine. We now see Mike in the office on the phone with Mr. Phil. I'm sorry. We now see Mike in his den on the phone with Mr. Phillips. Mike is explaining that he still has the original sketches here in the room and that if he works all night, he should be able to get them ready for, for ready tomorrow for copies. Mm-hmm. He then tells Mike something that sounds like bad news, but Mike replies with total understanding and apologizes back. He says, well, yeah, I'm sorry too. What mm-hmm. could it be? What could he be telling him, Tack? You want me to speculate or? Yeah. He probably said, well, what was the exact line Mike said to his boss in response? Well, you don't hear what his boss is saying, but he says something to the effect of, no, no, I'm sorry, too. I'm sorry myself or something like that. Something to that effect. He probably said, "Uh, I'm sorry, Mike, but your son's a fuck up. Yeah. And he said, "Uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm sorry, too. You're right. Yeah. He he gets after his mom, even though it's not his biological mom. But she's a fuck up, too. (laughs) Yeah, right. Mike hangs Um, up the phone. Then he starts telling Carol that her and Alice will have to keep the coffee running tonight and then occasionally whack him with a stick as he or whack his stick, one of the two, uh, as he sits down <laughs> and loosens his tie. <laughs> when Carol asks, what about Greg? Mike reluctantly tell. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just thinking <laughs> maybe funny. Mike was like, I don't know. Give him coffee too. whack him with a stick. I don't give a shit. Like, let me just get this done. Um, when Carol asks, what about Greg? Mike reluctantly tells her. That Mr. Phillips suggests making other arrangements for deliveries from now on. Mm, mm, Carol mm. tries to defend Greg, saying it's his first day, which I gotta hand it to her. It kudos for standing up for your kid, even if it's for your to your husband. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Um, Mike explains that Greg had a big responsibility and he blew it. When Carol tries the but Mike. He puts his foot down and says, not now. I have a lot of work to do. Now get your ass in the kitchen and get me some coffee. Right. Carol starts to walk away, turns around and says, just remember, Mike, in baseball, they don't throw a man off the team because he makes a fumble. <laughs> yeah. Stupid. That's some, that's some <laughs> heavy shit right there. And we, and we make fun of her for not going to school. Mike smiles, walks her to the door and says he knows that. And that it's not a fumble, it's an error. <laughs> That's because fumbles Stupid are from woman. hockey. <laughs> Go sports. <laughs> um, when Carol asks how he wants his coffee, Mike says, <laughs> black with a juicy rump and mad skills. <laughs> he did uh, order black coffee, which I was like, Mike likes his <sighs> coffee black, just yeah. saying. Just like that chick just down the street saying. that you won't let me get with. Mm-hmm. We can both okay. drink this. Co- oh wait, that's not you. That's right, you're not into that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you caught the last part, but it was awesome. As she's walking out, Mike almost slaps her ass as she's walking out the door. He has his hand up, ready to slap it. Right? Did you mm-hmm. catch that? I don't think so. I think I was too busy writing. Mike likes his coffee black. Holy shit! <laughs> Mike, Mike holds his hand up like I'm doing it. You can't even see me on camera. I'm doing it right now. But he holds his hand up like he's going to smack her in the ass when she walks by. And she actually, with both hands, covers her butt with her hands as she leaves. 
Like, she because she sees mouth. Mike rearing up his hand and she's like, she mm-hmm. like pickles for a second and puts her hand over her butt. It's pretty funny. Because mm-hmm. um, that's probably what he used to do with the black chick down the street. And she's like, I don't <laughs> fucking think so. <laughs> Mike then takes off his coat, sits down at his desk, pulls out a big roll of papers as he takes off his tie. Hmm. Yeah. Mm. I thought that was mm-hmm. awesome. He was ready to smack her on the ass. She's like, I don't think so. <laughs> we see, scene 10. We see Greg sitting on his bed, spinning the wheel of a car. And this struck me what happens. Because I wrote down, mm-hmm. which, he, which obviously turns him on. Because he hides it as soon as Marshall walks. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that. Why does he do that? I wasn't playing with a car, you know. It's <laughs> I wasn't twisting the wheel like it was a nipple. Um, <laughs> Marsha enters saying, Greg, and starts to say how sorry she is about what happened and asks what he's going to do. Greg doesn't know and says maybe he'll go into politics. Marsha hmm. then says... I guess you won't be getting that. Be getting your own car, and I don't know if you noticed, but Greg gives her a look like he's suspicious just for a second. Mm-hmm. Um, then she starts saying, "You know, I was talking to Randy Peterson yesterday." Greg interrupts her rudely, saying, "I bet you told her everything that happened, and now she thinks I'm a goof." But Marsha denies mm-hmm. it, saying she would not do something like that because she's a nice girl. Tech, mm-hmm. <laughs> she would never be mean to somebody for no reason. She would never. <laughs> Anyways, um, but Greg doesn't believe her. Marsha's feelings are hurt, and she says, "Boy, that's the last time I try to be nice to a." I'm sorry, boy. That's the last time right. I try to be be nice to a. Oh, I, I put good instead of goof. Goof, I know. Okay. Right, because I was going to comment on that. Yeah, boy, that's the last time I tried to be nice to a goof. Even if it is my brother. Hmm. And that's two mics dropped. <laughs> so, like, he says, you probably think I'm a goof. And she's like, no, I don't. You're not. Well, yeah, you do. He's like, well, fine. The last time I'm going to try to be nice to a goof. Like, you just said that you didn't think he was. And yeah, yeah, now exactly. you just called him that. Well, plus, I mean, let's. Marsha has a history of being shallow as fuck. What? Sorry no. for all you Marsha fans out there, but. Homegirl shallow, right? I'm a Marsha fan, but yeah. She walks shallow. in there and she has to drop the. So I guess you won't be getting a car, will you? <laughs> right. She has to drop that. You well, can't she's tell upset me. too. Because she she's upset, to but out. you know she walked out thinking, "He ain't getting the car. I don't give a shit. I don't want to be nice to him anymore." <laughs> right. You know that's the case. You know she was only walking in there to see if it was true, so she can plan on getting her own car now. She's like, "Well, I guess I gotta <laughs> yeah. go suck somebody else to get me a car." Hmm. <laughs> you know, I got a couple things to say about this. So, okay. um, did you notice, like, as soon as um, Marsha came in the room after Greg hit his car or whatever he was playing with, <clears throat> she sits on the bed and he automatically assumes the blowjob position. Like, <laughs> he lays back. And oh, I thought you meant gets on his knees on the ground. Never mind. <laughs> no. He lays back and puts his hands behind his head. Like, she's about to fucking give him fucking mm-hmm. Slurpee. And They've done like, that shit what? before. Yeah, like, he They've just, done like, that shit before. assumed, like, like, he didn't even know what she was in there for. He just sees her walk in. He's like, oh, shit. And, like, leans back, like, 
oh, it's this time, isn't it? All right, cool. And then she's like, so I heard you like getting a car. And he's like, what the fuck, bitch? And then, you know, that whole thing yep. happened. So this is like over halfway through the episode, and we're just now seeing Marsha for the first time. And we haven't even yeah. seen Alice yet, which she does make an appearance, I think, in the next scene, yeah. which is weird. Like, we haven't seen either of them. Hmm. And, of course, Cindy, also missing, but... I bet you they do. I, I, you got me thinking. Marsha and Greg mess around. Well, in reality, yeah. But like, even in the show, I think the characters do. Like she's a lover even to her brother. If you know what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Scene eleven. We now see Mike in the den pouring a cup of coffee as Alice enters with a plate of food. She puts it mm-hmm. down and starts saying how the how she heard what happened. And as soon as I heard this, I started thinking. Okay, we're ready for the parenting. She hasn't even made an appearance in this episode yet. And already, like, her first scene in it is to give parenting advice. Even though, not that, as far as we know, she doesn't have kids. Anyways, right. Mike explains that he doesn't have time to talk about it right now because he's very busy. But Alice begins showing him that Greg threw away his car magazine and explains that getting his job back is more important right now than any car. She then reminds him about a time when she first started working for him, when she messed up his shirts in the laundry and put in too much starts. Mike kind of smiles and says, yeah, one of them broke. (laughs) That was kind of funny. Alice reminds him that that he gave her a second chance. Mike gets the point, takes it to heart before finally kicking Alice out. But he didn't slap her on the ass, which is kind of weird. <laughs> so I thought this was strange blocking also with it Alice because she comes in and walks around the table and immediately puts the back of her head to the camera. That's twice like, this season this? that Alice has her back to the camera. And then like and then the camera swings around and we actually see that fourth wall. Right. Which right, is right. like just curtains. Like his, So he stares at curtains desk. while he's working? That sucks. He can't have a TV or something? Well, I assume, I don't know why, well, I assume like he might open the curtains and he can see and look out the window, you know, while he's working, but totally not what they did on the actual house, like HGTV. They put up a whole another step up and a chair That's and true, a yeah. huge window. Yeah, and, you know. So wait a minute, but, did HGTV not know that this episode existed? <laughs> I guess not. They must not have found this. So Wow. We might be Because like, something. we don't know what was there. We just made it up. So It would be easy to hang curtains right there. Just saying. Yep. Yeah. Alright, scene 12. We now see Greg doing his homework at a desk in his room. Bobby, Peter, and Cindy, not Cindy, sorry, Bobby, Peter, and Jan come in (laughs) carrying a doll bank and a piggy bank. But like, I was impressed that this is like a legit piggy bank. Like, I mean, I guess I didn't know that they actually existed. Yeah, I've never heard of a doll bank, but a piggy bank, that's kind (laughs) of cool. Mm -hmm. They want to give it to Greg for gas money. They start to realize that Greg is home when he's supposed to be working. Greg starts explaining that he thought they already heard and that he got fired. It gives them their money back. Which is a completely pointless scene. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He just wanted to give the the kids more, like, airtime, so. I guess. Um so I got a question for you. So this is mm-hmm. more of like, we can't really get too deep into this. Cause I feel like this kind of conversation go on for a while. A, because we're running, you know, we're already over an hour, but not that it really matters, but mostly because my battery on my laptop is slowly waning, but it's a shame they don't sell charges for them. I know, but I don't have anyway. So 
Okay, so like if let's say I you hire me to work for you, right? Okay. And then like I do something really bad. Let's say it's exactly this scenario. So you okay. say tech, I need you to take these documents or let's kind of relate it to filmmaking. So tech, I want you to take these SD cards over okay. down to the editor across town. Right. Okay. And let's say I lose them, but these are just copies anyway, but I still lose them. I completely fuck it up. doesn't get to the editor on time and now we're fucked. Right. Right. So now we need another day for production or post-production, blah, blah, blah. Right. Cost more money. Yada, yada. So now like you would think, well, you're fucking fired. Like now my right. question is to you, why would you fire for somebody for something like that? I understand it's a big fuck up, but you fire somebody because you can see that well, you'll just do it again, but you know I will never do that again. Right, right, right. right. So why would you fire somebody over that? Even though it's, a, to me, it's like saying it's a huge mistake that somebody makes. Like being late a lot, you fire somebody for. But like doing like a huge mistake, like, you know what I mean? Like right, why right. would you fire somebody for a huge mistake that you know they're only going to make one time? Right. And it's never going to happen again. That that kind of thing you've, I've always pondered on for years. Like, hmm. I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on that? Do you understand the question? Yeah, I understand the question. Um, I, I guess it would depend on the position you're in. Um, Greg's the lowest man on the totem pole. In fact, he's arguably yeah. a position they don't really need. So right. it's a little bit different because he has that against him. So I could see how easy it would be for them to say, yeah, this ain't a good idea, man. Let's just, let's just get rid of him. Yeah. Um, because even if it was a position they needed, you know how many high school kids need jobs? It would be so yeah. easy to replace them. But if it was Mike that made the mistake, Mike's like one of the head architects. Like, they can't get rid of him. They can't just fire him. Right. Um, it would be like in the same scenario. If me and you are working on a film and you screw up and get rid of SD cards, I can't be like, well, fuck it, Tech, you're gone. Like, I, I need you to work <laughs> here. Like, I can't, <laughs> I can't just get rid of you. <laughs> right. But if we had but some like, kind of grip or something like that, that let's say worked for a college. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was working for a college and doing something and they messed something up. Get rid of them. Like, okay, they're not, they don't have their head in it. They're not responsible. Let's find somebody else. I guess it, I guess it does just boil down to like, are they disposable or not? So right. if it's just like some bullshit intern you've only known for a couple of days and they do something like, like that. Mike, yeah. Fucking get rid of them. Sorry, like Greg. Yeah, just like Greg, you know. Yeah. But if there's somebody that's been working, like let's say it was Eric and he messed that up, I'm not going to fire Eric for something like that. Yeah, just give him you a know, cheese. He obviously knows where he. F <laughs> he obviously knows where he fucked up, and he and we yeah. know he won't do it again. So exactly, there's no point in firing him. There's not really any point in like really, you know, getting on to him about it if he already knows he fucked up. So right. Mm. Oh, True. Sorry. There you go. Continue. Scene thirteen. <laughs> we now, <laughs> we now see Mike tired in his office at work. His boss is praising him, telling him that these look even better than the first ones did and mm. tells him how much he appreciates it. As his boss starts leaving, Mike stops him, telling him that he'd really like to use his son to deliver these. His boss agrees that he likes the boy, but Mike interrupts him, telling that he thinks it's important that Greg knows that he hasn't lost faith in him, which again, kudos to the parenting. Like this is one of the few episodes in my opinion that they actually parent correctly. Yeah. Um, his boss seems surprised asks he's taking it that hard. Mike says he has and begins to, and begins saying it could have been their own fault 
for the cap not being on tight enough. His boss agrees, saying he just hopes nothing goes wrong this time. Mike says he takes full responsibility mm. as he sits down and calls Greg. Mm. So why yeah. don't they just put fucking tape on the cylinder? Well, I mean, I I could be wrong. I'm probably wrong. I could be wrong, but I want to say going to your house when I was younger, mm. I want to say your mom used these things that look like, they look like oversized pull cue cases where they were like oh, leather. Or like a like, strappy thing or whatever. Yeah, it had like a strappy thing and it had a zipper around it and stuff. Like they didn't have zippers <clears throat> back in the 70s. Like, <laughs> they didn't have leather in the 70s. I don't like, know, but, but I mean, these cylinders were great. I mean, but just throw some tape. Like I would never have sent them out without tape on it in the first place. But those cylinders are used, in my opinion, for storing them around the office. I don't think that's used for transporting them outside of the office. Well, this is how we learn. That's true, <laughs> so, yeah. Huh. Well, apparently it's the first time this architectural firm has ever had something go outside the office. <laughs> and usually you're traveling in a car anyway, not some kid on a bicycle. So exactly, yeah. Had it been in the backseat of a car, it would have just fell out into the backseat of the car right. and not yeah. into the street. So True. Or if Greg hadn't have took his bike and walked instead. Anyways, hmm. we see Greg on the phone excitedly saying, great. He hangs up, jumps up and tells Carol that Mike got his bot his boss to give him another chance. Carol explain, exclaims, that's great. Greg tells her Mike's boss is really out of sight. And Carol agrees, saying Mike oh. is far out <laughs> as Greg <laughs> rushes out the front door. Oh, well, I awesome. mean, Carol's not wrong because Greg was far out because he ran out the door. But yeah. has Greg never seen his boss before? Like his dad's boss? I guess not before this, no. So I, I guess he's correct then when he says he's out of sight. Yeah. So my my kids have never seen I mean, my boss. He is out of sight because like he's not here. <laughs> That's true. There's that word again, heavy. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Scene fifteen. We see Greg and Mike in Mike's office. Greg has the plans in his hand, and Mike's Mike is lecturing him to not go anywhere else. Greg reassures <laughs> Mike, saying he has a good tight grip on him. Greg leaves after Mike says he'll see him at home. Again, a short mm. scene is kind of pointless. Yeah. Scene 16. We see Greg riding his bike when suddenly his chain falls off. Just mm. then, we see Randy and her dad getting into their car. Greg says hi and starts walking towards him. After confirming Greg's name, Randy's dad tells Greg he hears that he's in the architectural business now. Greg explains that he's delivering plans right now but his chain broke. They offer to give Greg a ride and puts Greg's bike into the back of a 1970s Chevy Kingswood estate station wagon. You can look <laughs> that shit up. That's the right car. I, Is I just, that the I love same old... station wagon as like on vacation? No, no, that was a 1970 um, Mercury uh, Montego uh, Cruiser. God damn, where'd um, you go to? Like car college? <laughs> no, I just, I love old station wagons. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I just think they're cool looking. Um, mm-hmm. um, as Randy starts telling Greg to tell his father about the pyramids that he's going to build. <laughs> yeah. so I thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> Greg he explains that that was just talk, that he just wanted to build something big like that. So Randy's yeah. dad just kind of rolls his eyes, you know. Yeah, because his dad's like, "You're gonna build pyramids or something?" Yeah, exactly. And then he's like, like, "What the hell are we look, gonna do with pyramids?" Right. He's like, "Look, I was just 
telling your daughter, I, 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 want, I want some pussy later. And so I was just telling her shit girls like to hear. And then he's like, <laughs> I got you, bro. And then he like sticks a fist out. Like, you know, I thought that was kind of, it's kind of forward for 1970. Yeah. Kind of th- forward thinking. Then he holds his finger out and wiggles and goes, you know what I'm saying? I don't know what that meant, though. Holds up the shocker and he's like, you know, you get it. And he was like, and he goes, true. Yeah. Then he makes like a V with his fingers and licks in between his fingers. Like, I don't, that must be 70s stuff. I don't know what that stuff means. Okay. We see a car pulling up to the printer and Greg thanking them for the ride and he explains that he'll be over later to quote unquote, get his bike you you (laughs) just then they drive off with the designs in the back greg tries to shout but they can't hear him greg Hmm. then goes to a phone booth and calls randy's mom explaining that he needs to find them and that his whole future is in the back of that car he is Hmm. told they're at randy's drama lesson (laughs) so like couple things here so he was like no 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 reached out like his hand was touching the cylinder yes like he was literally touching it but he was like no no (laughs) and then he was like he's a fuck up like like first of all why didn't he just call randy on her cell phone like yeah or just text her like hey can you stop well Mm -hmm. he's not very fast he must be a shitty baseball player oh wait that's right he is never mind Okay, scene 18. We see the inside of Randy's drama class and the teacher talking to Randy, instructing her her that in this scene, she is her mother and that she is upset that Randy is accepting flowers from a total stranger. Randy takes Hmm. the flowers, exits the scene, then walks into it saying, Hi, Mom. They begin to act out the scene and when the mom throws the flowers out the door, the teacher hits Greg in the face with the flowers. When Greg explains hmm. that he has to find her dad and that the plans are in the back of the car, Randy tells Greg that he dropped her off and was taking the car to the garage to get some work done. Hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> scene 19. I think this one had probably the most scenes of any episode we've watched so far. We now huh. see Greg at the garage looking for the mechanic who he finds underneath the car working. The mechanic slides out from under the car with a typical, what is it, kid? Which I thought was kind of funny. Hmm. Yeah. Greg tells him that he's looking for Mr. Peterson. The mechanic sarcastically says, well, he ain't here, and then slides back underneath the car. Greg knocks on his head again, saying, mister, mister. The mechanic slides out again, again, again saying, do you mind, kid? I'm busy. Greg urges, urgent, Greg urgency what (laughs) Greg (laughs) urgently tells him that he left something in the back of the car the mechanic explains that he isn't here and he doesn't know where he went but the car is in the shop Greg says thanks in time to get a handshake from a greasy hand like Mm -hmm. the the, you know the mechanic shakes his hand it's got grease all over it which somehow he gets off his hand later in the scene but anyways I thought like it was some sort of sex position. Like, it might have gets the greasy like, hand. Damn, what have you been doing with your hand? Why is it all greasy? Um, hmm. Scene 20. We see Mike pacing around, nervously wondering where Greg is. He nervously says, it's 6.30 and the shop has been closed for an hour. I better call. 
then crosses to pick up the phone before catching what he's doing and finally putting the phone down, saying he's not going to break that promise. When Carol asks Mm. what promise, he says he promised himself that he would trust his son without checking up on him. Carol and Mm. Mike nervously look at each other. Finally, Mike says he should be home by now, right? Carol agrees. Mike reasons that Greg couldn't lose the design again, could he? Carol agrees just as Greg walks in. Mike asks if everything is okay. Greg says, sure, and begins to walk away. Mike then nervously asks Greg if he delivered the designs okay. Greg replies, of course, no problem, and leaves to wash up for dinner. Mike, full of relief, starts to laugh at the situation, saying how mature Greg is for 15, and that 16 is just around the corner. Oh, okay, so... (laughs) There's nothing wrong with Mike calling him saying, what the fuck, where the fuck are yeah, you? First of all, he should have been home a while ago, whether he was on a mission or not, you know? And then, like, like if it was, like, 2020, like, he would have easily have texted him over an hour and a half ago, hey, did you drop those planes off? Yep, yeah, yeah. did it. Cool. And moved on with the day. Well, what should have happened, like, hindsight's 2020, I realize, so was this year. <laughs> um... Hmm. What should have happened was Mike should have said, I want you to call me from the printer to let me know you dropped them off okay. Yeah. Right? Because then he could reason. It's only going to take 15, 20 <clears throat> minutes to ride your bike to the printer. As soon as yeah. he realized that Greg never called him to say he dropped them off, Mike should have been in the car looking for Greg. Because then if, if he would have seen Greg on the side of the road, like walking around, he could have said, what's happening? And drove him to find the car. It would have been faster. Yeah, and Greg so, doesn't help by coming home late as fuck and going, right. hey, hey, you okay? Yeah, what? But I mean, in and all fairness, like, though, well, he, did you drop him off? And he's like, yeah, like, what the fuck? Like, acts like yeah. like he's crazy for asking such a weird question. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> but I mean, in all fairness, he did have to go not only get his bike, but walk it home. He couldn't even ride his bike home. He had to walk it home. Yeah. So... Mm. Yeah, Greg's like, what the fuck, dude? God, yes, yes, I'm fine. Like, <laughs> Jesus. It's like, gosh, Dad. Carol's like, what happened? You're not my real mom. Shut up. And he goes up to his room. Okay, <laughs> um, <laughs> the final scene. Scene twenty. Final scene. We see Mike and Carol reading the newspaper. Finally, Carol suggests a movie, and that a good movie is playing at the Elite. Mike agrees as Greg walks in, looking dapper. As fuck. <laughs> Greg, <laughs> Greg asks if he looks okay. Carol says, you look groovy. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> I, know, I know you like to uh, clock those groovies from Carol. So. Hell yeah. Because <laughs> there's nothing cooler than your mom using slang. As Mike asks if he's going to spend some time, some of that hard-earned money on Randy. Greg explains that they're going to stay inside and watch TV. When Carol shows how shallow she is, <laughs> Greg explains that unlike her, Randy's understanding and he's trying to save up money for a car. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Carol says she must be very understanding. She even says that. That's her, literally the line. She must be really understanding. It's like, God, I can't mm-hmm. stand Carol sometimes. As Greg <laughs> leaves, when Carol asks if Mike is ready to leave, Mike suggests staying in and watching TV. Carol complains. <laughs> Mike reminds her that guys appreciate understanding women. Carol literally hits him with a newspaper 
and then they hug. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so why Greg got all dolled up and dapper as fuck? Yeah. Just basically just to go to Netflix and chill on the couch. That's what I'm thinking too. Yeah. I bet you Which is Randy's weird. parents are going to watch that movie at the Elite. Oh, mm-hmm. that probably explains why. Just as like Greg left, he looks at Carol and then he sniffs his fingers and then walks out. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I'll see you later. Hell yeah. <laughs> How's he getting there? His bike's broke. Well, I mean, I mean, they said earlier how they, I guess, didn't live very far because he's like, you can walk over later and get your bike. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm reminded of this bike. This episode talks a lot about a bike and bike, and Greg had a bike and his chain fell off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I'm reminded of this bike that you had, and it looked <laughs> remarkably like Greg's. Only yours was black, right? And yeah. it looked a lot like his. His bike was a red, if you can imagine a red beach cruiser with fenders. That's what Greg's bike looked like. Yeah. And yours was a black beach cruiser with fenders. Mm-hmm. So it could have been the same bike. Could have been. Um, and I remember your bike. If you drove too fast on it, your chain yeah. would fall off. If I pedal too fast, the chain would fall off, and then I'd constantly stop, fix the chain, and then get going again. <laughs> and yeah. I remember one time, I shouldn't laugh. I remember one time, me and you used to ride our bikes <laughs> yeah, to school. <laughs> we rode our bikes to yeah. school. I had a, a BMX bike, I think, and you had a I beach cruiser. Remember. And um, I rode my bike to school, and I locked it up, and you rode your bike to school, and I can't remember if you locked it up or not. <laughs> I don't think I did. And you came out of school Maybe I and, did. and your bike was gone. Somebody had stolen your yeah. bike. <laughs> yep. Yep. And I remember you being disappointed, but at the same time, kind of relieved because you're like, now I'm going to get a new bike. I'm like, that's true. That's a good point. <laughs> and I'm like, I can vouch for you that to your mom that your, your bike got stolen. Yeah, I do remember it was locked up because the chain was snapped, I think. Oh, that's it. right. Yeah. Because you brought the chain home to show your mom. You're like, somebody broke my lock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you're all disappointed, and you talk to your mom, and you guys are thinking about getting you a new bike, and I think you were going to hit garage sales and stuff trying to find a bike. Sounds right. Then you get back to school, <laughs> and somebody had brought your bike back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I went out there, and I'm like, oh, shit, my bike's back. <laughs> they saw that it was a piece of shit, too, and they returned it. Somebody had went through the trouble of bringing that shit back. Yeah. Yeah. Which is kind of cool. So it was kind of like, it was bittersweet. Well, yeah. getting it stolen was bittersweet, and also getting it back was also bittersweet. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> it's like, all right. Hello, remember, old friend. So. I remember one time, and I, this, is a, this is a Jimmy exclusive. I don't think I've ever told you the story. <laughs> God. I used to go, I used to live on, the, on Regalia on the front street in our neighborhood. And then we moved back to Madrid when my father got sick. Get right um, out of town. Oh, yeah, right. More. And, um... I had this black BMX style bike with gold rims on it. It was a cool looking bike. Okay. It had like a double mongoose. No, it wasn't a mongoose, but it was like a, I can't remember what brand it was, but Roadmaster, probably some some garbage that my mom bought at Walmart. Let's go get that huffy. um, (laughs) But I used to go back to this kid named Andre's house and we used to jump our bikes on a ramp that he built. Right. Bumpity bumps. Oh no, the ramps. Yeah. (laughs) And we used to, to try to mark it on the pavement to see how far we could jump, right? So we'd get hauling ass at this yep. ramp, and we'd see how far we fly, right? And I was sitting at home one time thinking, well, how can I make my bike fly further? 
So I start looking at the bike, and it's got like a front and rear reflector. I wasn't allowed to ride my bike at nighttime. I had to be home before the sun went down, so I took those off. And I'm thinking, what else could I take off? And I noticed that it had a chain guard on it, too, and I took the chain guard off because it was just added weight. I'm trying to lean up the bike to make it as light as possible so that it would fly further, right? Mm-hmm. So this was getting later in the year where it starts to cool off a little bit. So I'm riding to my friend Andre's house. <laughs> and my pant leg gets caught between my sprocket and my chain. That's pretty common. Yeah. And I I can't get it out because like the pedal is like behind my calf. <laughs> yeah. And my <laughs> pants are, are in there so tight that I can't pull my leg out far enough to get the pedal past it so I can keep pedaling to get my, my pant leg out. Yeah. And the way I had my seat, my seat was a little bit high, so I couldn't really get off the bike. <laughs> so I had to right. one leg at home. <laughs> uh, all the way home and then try to ask for help. And finally, my dad came out and, and helped. And I ruined the pants. My mom got mad at me because it had grease all over the pants where they got caught in the chain. Did you have to, like, just... Did you have to... <laughs> I just picture because you can't like get off the bike, so you just have to pedal one leg at home. Yeah, yeah, and then just circle around out front, mom, <laughs> mom, <laughs> and just like circle a pattern like out front. <laughs> no, I couldn't even ride the bike. I had to like, I had one leg like half bent, sticking up with a pedal behind it, and then I was scooting myself with my left leg down the sidewalk. That's how I go all the way home. It sucked. It was terrible. (sighs) See, I just want to tell an embarrassing story, too, about a bike. That same bike, later that year, my friend's mom ran it over with her car. Hmm. (laughs) And, um, yeah, so that was fun. Hmm. Well, that's the end of the episode. All right. So, well, you know what we did? We had fun here tonight. Uh, I mean, please don't be offended. We do enjoy the hell out of the Brady Bunch, and we make fun of people, but it's all in good fun. And we do respect the actors, the actresses, the producers, the writers, cast, crew, all that. Um, We just like to have a good time, and uh, we're not racist, and we're not sexist. I thought (laughs) we did pretty good good today. I mean, we didn't say how, you know, Alice and Jan are gay or or anything like that. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Or that Marsh is a bitch. We didn't say any of that tonight. <laughs> so right. I think we did pretty good. <laughs> we did do pretty good. <laughs> um, but again, so, let me say, again, let me say, it takes a lot of preparation to do the show. And if we didn't yeah. really like the Brady Bunch and appreciate it, we just, we just would have a boring podcast, us making fun of the Brady Bunch the whole time. We wouldn't go through the trouble of writing out the synopsis so that you guys can listen along and understand what's going on and... You know, hopefully when we, the way we're writing the synopsis, you guys are in your car or sitting at work going, I remember that episode. I remember. Or like mm-hmm. maybe Tack might say something like, did you notice Greg's shirt or whatever? Like, and you at home be like, holy shit. I used to think about that when I was a kid. So hopefully that kind of stuff is happening. <laughs> you know, that's what we're, we're trying to do. Spark up that nostalgia, you know, like a couple of 13 year olds mm-hmm. of fun porn. <laughs> All right. So on the next episode, season two, episode seven, is going to be called The Treasure of Sierra Avenue. Ooh. And it's basically, the quick version is, the boys find a wallet with $1,100 cash Damn, money. That's like a million Jimmy. dollars back then. 
I know. I want to look up the conversion. Um, <laughs> but the boys want to split it all. But of course, and the girls, the girls even want them to split it with them. Like, what the fuck? Like, the boys found it. So, the what the? The conversion is, are you ready? Yeah, I think it's going to be like 7000 $7,700, that's what I'm saying. $1,100 in 1970 is worth $7,269. That's close. Right. So they find this kind of money in a wallet with no ID, and they want to split it from themselves. The girls even want them to split it with them, because why? They didn't do anything. Yeah, why would they split it with them? I don't know. But Mike wants to turn into the police and find the owner. That's a lot of money, yeah. We're going to hear more about that next week. Even now, if I found that much, I'd probably turn it into the police. Hmm. That's a lot of money. It is a lot of money, and uh, that would be a big ethics challenge on my part, for sure. Yeah, I know, right? I wouldn't feel right. Uh, All right, well, anything else? Nope, that's it. All right, well, I've been Tack. And I have been Jimmy. And we've had a bunch of fun. <laughs> yeah. All right, Jimmy, I'll see you. All right, later. Hey, I want to thank my guests one last time for stopping by. And come on back here every Monday for a new episode. Don't forget to subscribe to the show. Also, on Apple Podcasts, please leave a rate and review. It helps the show out tremendously. Hey, go ahead and check out AVeryPrettyPodcast.com. If you ever wonder what I look like, I got pics up on there. You can also see pictures of our past guests as well that have been on the show. Read little bios about them. And you can contact me at AVeryBradyPodcast at gmail.com. Send me an email, any questions you have, or maybe you want to tell me that you hate a certain episode. Who knows? Or even give me a call and leave a voice message at 804-446-1901. Again, that's 804-446-1901. Leave a voicemail. I'll play it on the show. You can also head on over to the merch store at tpublic.com. The link is in the description of this episode. Join in on the conversation in the Facebook group. It's called a Very Brady Facebook group. So get in there, get on the conversation, post memes. I don't care. Just don't be a racist. And be sure to also check out the Patreon page. If you enjoy the show, give a donation and become a patron. I'd certainly appreciate it. Just go to www.patreon.com forward slash a very Brady podcast. Until then, I've been Tack, and this has been a very Brady podcast. Have a sunshine day. You've been listening to a fourth hand joint.